Good morning, Boker Tov, Buenos Dias, Sabah Elecher. This is Shana Fold here from Tel Aviv with the Israel Daily News Podcast. I'm here to give you the daily headlines so you can get caught up quickly. Today is Thursday, August 20th, 2020, which means today we have a special report at the end of the show. We'll be doing a deep dive into the UAE peace deal. And tonight, I'm hosting Money and Culture live on Facebook, 8.30 p.m. Israel time, 1.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Now, let's get to the news. The Israeli army stopped a potentially deadly terror attack yesterday in the West Bank, or Judea and Samaria, whichever language works for you. A few of the Palestinian men involved were shot at as they were gathering outside of a village called Deir Abu Mashal. Ma'ariv Media reports that one man succumbed to his injuries and died. The three had explosive materials on them that would have been used as firebombs meant to be thrown at people. And they also came with tires, which the IDF says would have been used to be set on fire and rolled into traffic. One of those tires had an explosive device strapped to the inside of it. No talks on the budget have been held between coalition parties Blue and White and Prime Minister's Likud party since Sunday. And worse, a senior Likud official is saying a fourth election is the best option right now as the coalition government struggles to come together and agree on a budget. The unnamed politician told reporters that Likud has been coming up with all kinds of suggestions to solve the budget issue and says the dysfunction and contrarian responses from Blue and White are making it impossible to work. The budget must be taken care of by August 25th unless a bill calling for an extension comes out. Netanyahu yesterday made his rounds through Jerusalem's Machen Yehuda market and waved to a crowd of onlookers who were singing and cheering for him as he got into his car to drive away. Some speculate that this is the beginning of his next campaign trail. Israel is in the process of receiving thousands of foreign workers from Thailand, Jordan, and the Palestinian territories. There are two different news stories going on here. One is that critics say it's unfair to employ foreign workers at a time when so many Israeli citizens are out of work due to the coronavirus. The other is that Thai workers are expected to be housed in the Holot detention facility in the Negev while they do a two-week quarantine. The housing arrangement is expected to help employers in the agricultural industry who are trying to cut costs and are responsible for the costs of worker quarantine. I actually know about this specific detention center due to the interview we had on the Israel Daily News podcast last Thursday for the special report, where we spoke with an asylum seeker from Eritrea. I didn't use this information for the report, but he recounted his experience passing into Israel through the Hulod detention center in the Negev. He said he remembered conditions being poor, the heat unbearable, and because of its location near a wild stock farm, very, very smelly. This story is from Haaretz, who obtained a copy of the minutes taken during that meeting. Before we move on, I have a question. What does Israel mean to you? What do you think of when you hear of Israel? 
Send me a message with your answer and also sign up for the Israel Weekly News Wrap using the link in the show notes. It comes out tomorrow. I'll put the details of the responses from this week into the newsletter. So sign up and print it out before Shabbat if you're going to observe and be turning off your electronics for 25 hours. Also, the Israel Daily News podcast has been approached by Audible, which is the audiobooks, podcast, and all things audio sector of Amazon. I recommend the app to my listeners because it's 100% the future of media. Sign up for the trial using the link Audible Trial, A U D I B L E Trial, T R I A L dot com backslash Israel Daily News. The trial is free, so let me know what you choose to listen to and then let's talk about it on the show. The link is also in the show notes, so you can find it there. 30 rare works of art were stolen Tuesday night from the Wilfred Israel Museum of Asian Art. And in addition, many other pieces of art were broken and thrown about the room. This special museum is located in the north of Israel within Kibbutz Hatsoria. The place is named after Wilfred Israel, a wealthy European who tried his best to save as many Jewish children in the Holocaust as possible. He and a plane full of people were shot dead in the air while flying from Portugal to England in the 40s, he had been working to find an escape route through Spain to save Jewish children. The museum director said the place was violently ransacked and that when she came in, she found sculptures thrown about, security cameras turned aside, and the security alarm ripped out. An Israeli immunologist is warning Jewish communities to tie a mask onto their shofars this year. If you haven't made it there yet to start thinking about the high holy days, that's okay because specialists already are. And they warned that if you're sick, blowing the ram's horn, as is tradition for the Jewish New Year, could spread your coronavirus all over the room. So better to get a mask on that thing. Apparently, the mask does not alter the sound but it does protect contagious droplets from spewing out to the congregation. Turning now to the special report. There's been a lot of news coming out from every angle regarding the United Arab Emirates peace and diplomacy plan with Israel. So I've decided to give you guys a wrap up of what the headlines are saying, what people are predicting and expecting, and what the international community thinks. So first, let's just state it. Thursday of last week, news broke that the United States had organized a peace deal between Israel and the UAE, which would allow for full diplomatic ties with the stipulation that Israel would put a pause on annexation plans or a U.S. outlined proposal to extend sovereignty into 30 percent of the West Bank, which Palestinians call home and plan to use as their potential future state. Now I'm going to spew out a bunch of headlines here, and then we'll hear from a young political voice. He's a passionate someone who spends all his time studying Israel policy. First off, one item that caught my eye was that Israelis apparently have been doing business with the UAE for years, but have been brokering it through other nations. It's suspected that 200 Israeli companies have been exporting medical equipment, national security items, and tech services to the Emirates through the U.S. and Europe for years. But the exact products are unknown because all the deals have been low-key and private. While many are applauding Prime Minister Netanyahu's diplomacy, those who had big dreams for annexation plans 
are disturbed by his sudden policy change. It's a promise he'd been making throughout his campaign trail on all three of the last election cycles. The head of the Yesha Council, which is an umbrella organization for settlers, said he deceived us, defrauded us, and duped us. So let's see if those settlers are going to be voting for Netanyahu in the future. U.S. Ambassador to Israel David Friedman is trying to set the record straight. He tells the Jerusalem Post that it's phony baloney to think the U.S. will be transferring F-35 fighter jets to the UAE in return for this deal. He says people who are spreading that information are just part of the pro-Iran crowd who are seeking to undermine this great achievement. Israel has long pressured the U.S. not to sell F-35s to other countries in the region as Israel uses these jets in combat and feels it would undermine its qualitative edge. But apparently, a U.S. official told the New York Times that they're continuing to look into how they could make this happen. One piece of news across the board is that selling those jets would be a part of a long-term deal that could take years. Here's someone who does not like the deal. Palestinian President Mahmoud Abbas. Abbas's spokesperson said the deal is a form of treason. In a new ruling, the Grand Mufti, the Muslim cleric who presides over the Al-Aqsa Mosque in the old city of Jerusalem, says no longer can a Muslim visitor from the UAE fly in through Israel's Ben-Gurion airport and expect to pray at the famous mosque. They'll have to enter through Palestine, he said. The Supreme Sharia judge Mahmoud al-Habash said on TV that the UAE has sold Jerusalem relinquished Jerusalem and are trying to market their treason as them opening the door for worshipers to come and pray in Jerusalem. Wow, pretty strong. Iran's president, Hassan Rouhani, condemned the deal, saying the agreement between the UAE and the Jewish state is a betrayal of the Palestinian cause. Despite harsh criticism against the UAE, U.S. President Donald Trump has stated he believes Iran and Saudi Arabia will both follow suit and create diplomacy with Israel in the future. Saudi Arabia says while the deal has some positives, the country will not create diplomacy until peace has been made between Israelis and Palestinians. Okay, now let's hear from Eli Kadron who studies international affairs at Northeastern University in Massachusetts and is fully immersed in Israeli politics. He's also the co-founder of the Ramon Movement, which is a student-led movement reimagining Israel education on campus. First, I feel the need to emphasize that this is a really, really big deal. This is something that most people didn't think was possible. And I think whatever our opinion is on the American administration, we must congratulate them and thank them for bringing some change into the Middle East. We've definitely come a very long way since the Arab League famous three no's of 1967. But here we are with three yeses to peace with Egypt, Jordan, and the UAE. And it seems like many more yeses will be coming very soon. I think this broad worldwide support for this peace agreement finally disproves the assumption that the Palestinian-Israeli conflict was always at the heart of Middle East peacemaking. From shared security concerns to mutual hope for prosperity, there's far more that unites the Arab nations of the Middle East with Israel than separate them. 
When the deal was announced, Jared Kushner said that they hope that this will be an icebreaker that will allow Israel to normalize relations with other countries. And I truly believe it will happen. We can already see it by the amount of countries in the area recognizing the deal publicly. For so long, there was this assumption that if you normalize relations with Israel before a solution with the Palestinians, you were betraying the Arab world. But times have changed, and I can see it from my conversation with friends and people living in the Middle East, in countries that would be considered anti-Israel. Most of them are tired of seeing their taxes wasted and being used for Abbas to build himself mansions. They are tired of Palestinian culture of rejectionism. And they are seeing how Israel has become in 70 years an oasis in this crazy Middle East. Many are fascinated by the success of Israel. They want to interact with Israelis. They want to visit Israel. And most importantly, they want to take advantage of Israeli technology. There has been very low amount of criticism of the deal by the population in the Gulf states. And I think that says a lot about this peaceful wave arriving in the Middle East. Thanks so much for your insights, Ellie. We are all looking forward to seeing what you do in the future and keep us posted on the Ramon movement. All right, well, that's it for today's news. I hope that the UAE wrap-up really gave you an international view. Today is Thursday, August 20th, 2020. We've got a low of 26 and a high of 30 degrees Celsius in Tel Aviv. That's 78 degrees Fahrenheit for the low, going up to 86 degrees in the central city. Thanks for getting caught up with me. And don't forget, subscribe to the Israel Daily News podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you're hearing it from. I am everywhere. Don't forget to send off your answer to this week's question, which is, what does Israel mean to you? I'm going to send you into the weekend with Livchor Nachon. It's a cover song from three young and talented artists named Morty Weinstein, Nicole Raviv, and Idan Tamler. Some are here in Israel and some live in the United States. Shabbat Shalom, and hey, take it easy. מבט חטוף אל עצמי ודי, רק לא להסתכל. מה שבפנים כבר בפנים מדי, קוראים לזה הרגל. מתי אלמד לבחור נכון? להאמין, לראות
Oh, no. 